What is up? This is Take It or Leave It. Welcome back. Episode 17. This is a big one. This is a great day. Uh, So much going on from now and through Sunday night. A lot of exciting things happening. I mean, (laughs) what do we got? We got tonight is the NFL draft, the start of the NFL draft, uh, as well as Endgame, the finale to the Avengers. You can't even call it a saga because isn't a saga technically three? Maybe not. No, it's a saga. Whatever. The end of the Avengers series as we know it. We have, which I am going to see in a couple hours here, I've got to grind this recording out so I can get to the theater. We've got uh, NBA playoffs. We've got, I mean, I'm going again Saturday to watch Avengers (laughs) Endgame. Uh, Sunday, we have the most anticipated episode of Game of Thrones probably in history. Supposedly the most expensive and the most extravagant and long battle scene to ever happen spoiler alert uh said it a little too late that's okay sunday night so i mean just a fantastic time to be alive for uh you know what's to april 25th through the 28th i mean goodness gracious so much happening let's jump into today's show we're going to start with a little nba uh, that's kind of we're at the peak of nba playoff season so we got to start with that go over a little bit i do want to Start with the Philadelphia 76ers. They completed their series, winning it over the Nets (laughs) 4-1. Mere days, I think it was one day after I said that Ben Simmons was an offensive liability, or I guess grammatically correct, an offensive liability. He goes out and scores 31, but I'm not going to, it happens Ben's he, Simmons is a great play. He's a very, very good NBA player. He's going to have a good night on offense, but I still believe him to be in a liability. He went right back to what we expected him to be before that, or, or what he was before that, about 15, 14, 15 point a game guy for the rest of the series. So the, the one 31 point game was an outlier, had a great game, good for him, but went right back to what, what I said he was, which is an offensive liability when it comes to scoring, but he can create offense. He's a very good passer. He can handle the ball fine. He's a six foot ten point guard for goodness sake, so he can see things that other point guards might not be able to see. Um, but but as far as scoring the ball, it's not his thing. But he's still a good player. He's fine. And this this team in in and of itself has too much firepower to just have to rely on Ben Simmons. They don't have to rely on Ben Simmons to score. I mean, they have they have Jimmy Butler. They have Joel Embiid. They have Tobias Harris. They have other players. Speaking of. Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid. Uh, first of all, Joel Embiid is a monster. He looks like—I I don't know how to describe it. He looks—he just looks better than anybody else out there. And he's big. He's—he's he's a seven-footer that can move. He can dribble. He can shoot. He is—he is a stud, dude. And, and this is my note that I have for this: is Embiid equals monster. Like he is just—he's a monster. He's a monster. That's what he reminds me of. Is of like one of those characters from uh, Space Jam just he, he looks like this he just looks bigger than everybody he looks more skilled at time. not than everybody in the league but I'm just saying in this series in particular and then Tobias Harris really stepped up which uh, he did step up he had a he had a good series for the most part his actual 
his stats kind of across the series were less than his stats for the year. He averaged about 20 a year, uh, uh, 20 points per game this season. And in the series, he averaged 17 and a half. But he played really well in spurts and in moments that he really needed to. Stepped up for the for the Sixers. They're moving on. And we will look at their next round a little bit later. We're going to stick to the first round of the playoffs. Raptors over Magic. Like we said, we thought it would be a sweep. Magic got lucky in game one. Kind of got... <laughs> Got away with one at the end. I mean, they, they stole it at the end, but um, it, it just never looked like the Magic series. The Magic never looked like they had a, like any hole. Even in that first game, they looked like they were outplayed. Um, yeah, we, we really expected the Raptors to, to do this. We just didn't expect the Magic to win one, honestly. And, it, and it's not the Magic's fault. The They're well-coached, and they have some, some bright spots, but they don't have a star. Uh, Vucevic is not a star. Yes, he was an all-star this year. But he's not a star. Aaron Gordon's not a star. Um, Augustine should be a six-man, which he would be fantastic at. He's not a starting one. So they just don't have the team. It's just not there. And then on top of that, not only does the Magic do the Magic not have enough firepower and not have a go-to guy, but the Raptors have arguably the best two-way player in the league. And I think, to me, in my opinion, it's not really arguable. I think he is the best two-way player in the league. I guess you could argue Antetokounmpo. Greek freak, he's a really good two-way player as well, but I would take Kawhi over him because Kawhi shoots, and Antetokounmpo can't, so uh, just expected this to happen, expected it to be a sweep, but 4-1 nonetheless, game, uh, series over. Uh, Bucks over Pistons, don't have much to say here, Greek freak is fantastic, the Bucks have a sneaky good roster, we'll talk about that a little bit later uh, as far as their next round goes. But they never struggled once in the series. It never looked close. I feel bad for Blake Griffin. He put up a fantastic fight on one leg. Essentially, he fought his heart out, and then he—he's just—he handled it so well too. The press conference, his last press conference of the year, went around and shook every member of the media's hand. Thought it was really classy. Seems like a great guy. If you watch, pardon my take. He's got my vote for Blake of the Year over. Blake Bortles. I mean, they're the only two that participate in it. <laughs> uh, shout out to part of my take. Watch that or listen to that, that podcast. Very funny. Uh, Celtics sweep the Pacers. It's funny because I didn't realize they sweep the Pacers until I looked up and I was like, oh, that was only four games. I knew they were winning <laughs> every game for the most part and it didn't ever feel like the Pacers. Got, I mean, but the games felt a little closer than a sweep you know like it felt like a decent series but it was a sweep and I just turned around and I was like whoa we all kind of expected the Celtics to sweep at the beginning of the year and then seeing them kind of struggle to develop chemistry through the year and through the you know the playoffs that started coming around didn't really expect a sweep but it didn't even feel like a sweep but anyways that that point aside they swept the Pacers they're going on uh, something I did take note of is, is this the Celtics are showing probably the best team play out of any team in the playoffs uh, they had a different scoring leader in each of the four wins against the Pacers, um, uh, starting with Marcus Morris. Uh, second game was Kyrie Irving. I think he dropped like 37. Uh, Jalen Brown was the third. It was game three's scoring leader. And then the other night, or last night, whenever it was, uh, Gordon Hayward led the team in scoring. So four different scoring leaders over four games. Everybody's kind of sharing the load. They're playing really well, really great defensively, and offense is starting to click. They're, they're starting to score more points on offense. I, think, I believe they put up like 110 last night or the night before whenever that game was um I lose track of of days at this point I just I just live I don't keep track of days it's just kind of like I live by just just I don't know I just I just live moment to moment so get off my back 
Uh, where, where are we going? We got uh, Rockets over Jazz. There was a slight hiccup where the Jazz took it to a game five. Rockets closed it out uh, pretty easily after that. Again, this one looked a lot like the Bucks. The Rockets never looked like they struggled except for the one game that the Jazz kind of pushed it to game five. Other than that, the, the Rockets were were in control the whole game. There was never a point that we felt like the Jazz had a chance. So Rockets moving on. Uh, and they will more than likely be playing the Warriors, who are kind of struggling with the Clippers here. But it doesn't look like a real struggling. It doesn't look like they are actually struggling against the Clippers. It kind of looks like the Warriors are thinking ahead to the Rockets and are just not here. It looks they look like they look like they haven't gotten out of regular season mode, where they're just kind of floating through the process of each game. And oh, no, now it's three to two. Clippers have won another game. So. I think they'll close it out in game six. Uh, they're fine. And th- this is literally a note I took down after the Clippers won that game. The Warriors are fine until they aren't, which is not going to happen. They're fine. They're going to close it out in game six. If it goes to a game seven, they will win game seven. The Warriors will play the Rockets in the next round. Um, and, and again, I even said this would be a tougher matchup. I, I, I believe this might be a tougher matchup in the first place than the Rockets. I think they'll win it fine. Uh, and I don't see the Clippers upsetting the Warriors, but I, I do think this is even a, a tougher match matchup than the than the Rockets will be for the Warriors. And here's why: the Clippers have a legitimate defensive player who can upset and frustrate somebody. KD, Clay, Steph, somebody he can get in their head. That's Patrick Beverly. When was the when were the Rockets a better a good matchup for the Warriors? When they had Patrick Beverly or when they had Trevor Ariza. They don't have that anymore. They don't have that defender that can really get in these guys' heads. And they're just too they have too many weapons and too much firepower. And James Harden is fantastic. Eric Gordon is very good. I just don't think that and Clint Capella. I don't think that the Rockets have enough to outlast the Warriors. I think it'll be a good series, but anyways, we'll talk about that when we get there. If we get there. <laughs> if we get there. We're going to get there, but we'll talk about it then. Uh, Nuggets up 3-2 on the Spurs. I am eating my words here because I thought the Spurs would take care of business in five, six games. Nuggets are up 3-2. The Spurs have to win out if they want to go into the next round, and I don't know if they will, and it's because they had, before they had the great coach who kind of orchestrated this team, but they also had a killer in Kawhi Leonard. I don't think DeRozan is that. He never really has been that in his career. He's always shown shown flashes of being a very good player and he is a very good player. He's not he doesn't seem to have that killer in- instinct like these other top-tier players, Kobe, MJ, Kawhi, these these guys that have that killer instinct to just take over a game. And he just I mean, he's scored less than 20 points in the past two games. That's unacceptable. You know, you have Aldridge who has your big man, your center, he can score 15 to 20, and he's fine. Like That's bringing to the table what he needs because he's also going to get you 12 to 15 rebounds. So he's getting you possessions. DeRozan's got to score 25-plus, man. Like You've got to be the guy to take over on offense if you're not producing any. And on the other side, Jamal Murray is being that guy for the Nuggets. He is being a killer, and he has played so well in this series, especially the past two games, playing out of his mind. And if he continues to do so, the Nuggets might upset the Spurs, upset the Spurs, and we could see Pop bounce from the playoffs early. And um, I, we don't want to see that. We want to see the Spurs in the playoffs as long as possible. They're fun to watch. And then, of course, the, of course, the Joker, um, 
Jokic playing really well, as we knew he would. He, he's too big and too too good of a player to not get his and, and to provide for his team and produce for his team, rather. And so he's doing really well. So the that combo of Jamal Murray and uh, and the joke man, the joker, Jokic, uh, it's it's been a little bit too much for the Spurs so far. So we'll see what happens in that ther- series. But I'm, I'm starting to – I'm definitely nervous as far as if I'm rooting for the Spurs. I don't know that they'll win this series. I mean, it's tough to play from behind like this, but uh, down 3-2, but but we'll see what happens. Uh, I save this one for last, the last recap of round one of the playoffs. The Blazers over the Thunder. Dame Dallasign, we cannot continue to underrate Damian Lillard anymore. We cannot continue to put Russell Westbrook in the top five list for point guards and not include Damian Lillard. We can't do it anymore. Damian Lillard is too good of a talent. He's too good of a ball handler. He's too good of a defender. He's too good of a passer. And he is way too good of a marksman, of an absolute sniper. He is way too good of a shooter to be left out of that conversation and for Russ to be kept in. Russ can rebound. Who cares? Point guards are not supposed to rebound. If they do, fine. But we want the point guards up the floor. We want big men getting the rebound so we can push the ball, especially in today's NBA when it's tempo, tempo, tempo. You want your point guard almost to half court so we can get in transition when these big men are getting rebounds. We don't want the point guard getting the rebound and having to run the full length of the court to push the ball. So who cares about rebounds? He rebounds, great. He averages a triple-double. Well, he's bounced from the playoffs. That got him a lot. And he's got, I mean, look at this. I just want to look at some stuff, some statistics here. Dame averaged 33 points per game in this series. Russ averaged 23. Okay, not bad for Russ. Dame completely outshined him. Dame averaged six assist point game. Uh, I apologize. Damian Lillard up averaged six assists per game in this series. Russ averaged over 10. Fine. We know he gets his assist. That's great. Damian Lillard was 47% from three. Russ was 29.7% from three. Ugly. Dame was 45% from the floor to Russ's 36.3% from the floor. Ugly. Damian Lillard in the whole series was plus 55. That was his plus minus. He was plus 55 to Russell Westbrook's minus 43. So Damian Lillard averaged plus 11 per game. Russ averaged minus 8.5 per game. That is unacceptable for a so-called top five point guard in the league. It can't happen. And now Russ has never won a playoff series without KD, nor has he, I think he's only won three playoff games without KD. Oh, I mean, goodness. I hope OKC's happy for who they picked because I know I know Durant left, but they didn't do much to try to keep him around. They really, really bought into to Russ and let KD go. And then let's look at, the teams themselves. Russ has the better number two, who really should be the number one. Russ should be the number two, but because it's Russ's team, Russ has the better number two in Paul George over C.J. McCollum for Damian Lillard. C.J. McCollum is a great player. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from him. Paul George is one of the best players in the league this year. 
I mean, he had the best season of his career. He was, through the All-Star break, he was in a pretty good matchup with uh, James Harden for MVP. Kind of lost it towards the end there because he got hurt. And then what happened? The dynamic changed at OKC. It was, it kind of developed into Russ is the facilitator, Paul George is the number one. And then after he got hurt, it kind of turned back into Russ's team. And then we got this. So Russ had the better number two. Paul George over C.J. McCollum. He is the better big man. Steven Adams over Enos Cantor. If you dis- if you disagree with that, that causes me to doubt your NBA knowledge or your eye for NBA talent. I mean, Steven Adams is a better big man than Enos Cantor. Enos Cantor, again, he's fine. Steven Adams is better. Russ is the better big man. And then, on top of that, Russ has the much better sixth man, Dennis Schroeder over Seth Curry. Again, Seth Curry's starting to develop a little bit. But he's, he won't ever be, I don't think he's ever going to develop into a starter like Steph is. But Seth is a good bench player. He's starting to become a good bench player. Dennis Schroeder is much better. Russ has all that going for him. And still, Damian Lillard absolutely dominated him. Not to mention, he caps the whole thing off. Tied 115-115. Well, let's go before that, actually. Paul George is hot in the game. It's tied up in the OKC Thunder have the chance to go up with 20 seconds left, whatever it is. And instead of getting the ball to Paul George, the hot hand on your team, Russ drives and throws up a an ill-advised shot, to say the least. Rebounded by the Blazers with 20-some-odd seconds left. Dame Lillard knows we've got last shot. He dribbles the ball out, <laughs> barely passes half court, if you didn't see it. Barely past half court from 37 feet out with no time left. Well, when he shot it, there was about four seconds left on the clock. That's how far the shot was. And hits a 37-foot three-point shot. Did not hit backboard. Sinks it with no time left on the clock. In Paul George's face, who happens to be top three two-way player in the league. So a great defender in Paul George. And it was great defense. He he played great defense, closed out well, got a great hand in his face. And afterward, oh my God. And he waves goodbye after he hit the shot to Russ. Have fun going back to OKC. We're going to continue in the playoffs. Dame Dollar Sign is better than Russell Westbrook. End of story. I'm sorry. That just fires me up. Russ is extraordinary, but I hate that that people value his triple double so much it just it's it's a stat it's a silly stat that okay whatever i'm gonna cool off and we're gonna move on to my next part of the nba which is looking forward we have two matchups locked up for the second round we've got raptors against the stick the sixers we've got a couple notes on that we'll go over right now i in my opinion from what we've seen and it's kind of just just what we've seen and on paper just kind of common knowledge the sixers have in my opinion the better roster than the Raptors. Now, that being said, the Raptors do have the better player in Kawhi. Uh, I think the Sixers' best player right now is probably Joel Embiid, and then after that, probably Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's been off this season. He's been a little different, so I would say Joel Embiid Embiid is the best player on the Sixers' roster. Uh, Kawhi is the best player in this series, period. I do believe Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard at their best, which when Jimmy is playing his best, I believe they're both top five two-way players in the league. I believe Kawhi to be number one. Butler's probably around number five. And uh, so that'll be a nice little matchup there. 
I just think the Sixers have too much for Kawhi to handle on his own. Now, I know it's not just him on his own. He's got Eric, uh, not Eric Bledsoe, I apologize. He's got uh, Kyle Lowry. He's got um, some other pieces there, but it's really not an impressive roster, whereas the Sixers have arguably one top three roster in the league. So uh, I believe the Sixers will win the series in six games. Boom, short and concise. Bucks against the Celtics. This one is tough. This is a really tough matchup. The Bucks have a sneaky good roster when you look at it because we all know the Celtics have a good roster. They've got one of the best coaches in the league. They've got Kyrie. They've got Jalen Brown. They've got Scary Terry. They've got Gordon Hayward. They've got Al Horford. They've got blah, 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 blah. They've got Jason Tatum. But like the Bucks, you just think Giannis. You think Giannis Antetokounmpo, Greek freak, outshot. He just shines from that roster. That's what you think. But then you look deeper, and it's like, okay, they've got Chris Middleton, who's playing really well this season and really good in the playoffs. They've got Eric Bledsoe, very solid player. They've got Brooke Lopez. He's a he's a good shoot. He's a good player and a in a big that can shoot. That's good. You've got Miritich and and uh, uh, Ursan Ilyasova coming off the bench. They're good bench players. And on top of that. You got Malcolm Brogdon if he can get healthy. He's a he's a savvy player. He's very smart. He's a grinder. He's tough. Good defender. Good offensive player. Very smart player. He's hurt right now. Don't know if he's gonna play yet or how soon he'll play. But it's a really sneaky good roster to go up against the Celtics team. Now the Celtics, in my opinion, are playing the best team basketball. I think I said this earlier. Best team basketball in the league. Everybody's pulling their their weight. Everybody's doing their part. They're hitting their stride. They're gaining chemistry before our eyes. And they were already playing really well on defense for the most part all year. Now offense is starting to fall into place. It's starting to look really good. And they have so many weapons. We already went over some of them. So when I'm trying to pick who's going to win this series, it's very hard because my brain tells me the Celtics. Okay? Because I look at the pieces they have. I look at the experience they have. I look at the past few seasons. All of that, just my brain makes the decision the Celtics will win this game. My instincts say Giannis is probably the best player in this in this series, and then they've got some with that that you might not notice. They've got a really good roster behind him, and they've played so good. You don't just get the best record in the NBA. I mean, it doesn't just come to you. Yes, NBA regular season is a little different, so wins do come a little easier, but it doesn't just happen. So, again, brain tells me Celtics, instincts tell me Bucks. I think Giannis takes over the series and goes crazy, but I have to kind of meet in the middle, and I truly believe this is going to be a heck of a series. I think it's going to be a little awkward because the matchups are weird. I think it's going to be fun, exciting. I think defense is going to be wild in this series. I think Giannis is going to go crazy. I think Kyrie will go crazy. I believe the Celtics win this series in seven games. I think it goes the full seven. I think it's going to be exciting exhilarating. I think it's going to pull in good audiences and it's I think it's going to be back and forth. I don't know that each team will just win their home games. I don't know how that'll shake up. I could see um the Celtics going to Milwaukee and stealing one and then the same thing Milwaukee going to the, to Boston and stealing one, but but I do like the Celtics in the series in 7 games. That's my looking forward for the NBA draft. That's my recap for the first round so far. We will see how it plays out. Can't wait to continue watching playoff basketball. All right. 
we're going to talk a little NFL. And when I say a little NFL, I mean a little NFL. The draft starts in 22 minutes from when I'm recording this episode. So I don't have any updates for you there. That was my hope is that I'll be recording while the draft was on. So I could kind of talk about some of the picks that go the first couple of picks. Didn't happen. So I've got really just one. Here, here's my little thought. Kyler Murray's odds to go number one drop significantly. There's talk that they might take either Nick Bosa or Quinn and Williams. I think it's tough because it's not a bad decision either of those. If he takes Kyler, it's it's good because he works better in Cliff Kingsbury's system and their terrible offensive line gets delayed where they don't need to fix it right away because he won't be there's certain players that will be running for their lives he wouldn't be. He's he likes to run, he likes to extend the pocket. He likes to take off and get upfield. So it, it would delay that offensive line being rebuilt a little bit, and and they would try to rebuild it in the like right now as well. But it but if it doesn't fall into place in time for the season, having Kyler Murray could be huge. On the flip side, I do really like Josh Rosen. I think he's going to be a really good player in the league. I think he'll be a B plus to an A minus quarterback through the majority of his career. And I just think he was on a terrible team last year, worst offensive line in the league, really. Just poorly run team. Uh, obviously, they have the number one pick, so worst team in the league. Uh, you got to get them some pieces. You got to get them some young guys on that offense, some young receivers. You've got a great young running back. You've got to get them some better offensive linemen and then see what the kid can do. So, either way they go, if they go Kyler and trade Josh Rosen, fine. If they don't, if they go Quinn Williams and uh, or uh, Nick Bosa and keep Josh Rosen and just rebuild the offensive line, fine. I think they're in a really good spot because I think either way they go, they're going to be better for it. Either way, they really can't get worse, so they can only get better. So we'll see what happens there. My only other bit of kind of, I guess, update or or topic to talk about that I have in the NFL draft is another Kyler Murray topic. There is a commercial out currently. It's with da- It features Dak Prescott. And he's basically talking to Kyler Murray. He's basically giving him kind of like uh, some advice, some words of advice going into the draft. And it's all about Dak saying, you know, Kyler, you can do it. You know, I w- you're doubted for this, that, and the other. Your size, your um, interviews with the press. You didn't throw at the combine. You're getting doubted. Well, me too, man. And look where I'm at. And all I could think is, I mean, look where you're at. You're still doubted. We don't know if you're a good quarterback because it seems that you have to have the perfect situation to be a good quarterback. You were drafted in the fourth round, the 135th pick, whereas Kyler is expected to go number one overall. You're 6'2 and 230, 225. He's 5'9, 5'10, and 195, 200, 205. I mean, there's no similarity between you. We don't know about you, and we don't know about him either, but I'm saying, like, there's less doubt with him than there was with you, and you've got this perfect quarterback physique, and you still haven't proven yourself. I don't know. I like Dak a lot. I actually usually don't talk badly about him, but I just thought this commercial was stupid. I thought it was really silly because uh, he's a great guy. He's a good leader. But he just hasn't proven that he's a great quarterback or, or even as a starting quarterback. I think he's he's proven himself to be a fine quarterback. He's, a, would say, a C-plus 
B minus, but he's not he's not very consistent. And it, like I said, it seems like he has to have the perfect offensive line, the great running back, and good receivers. And before Amari Cooper got there this year, he was looking like like doo doo, wasn't looking good. Amari Cooper Cooper gets there, everything looks okay. I mean, that to me is not a great quarterback. That to me is a like I said a C plus B minus quarterback. So I don't know. I just didn't get the similarities. I didn't get the comparison of oh hey da- hey hey Kyler. You're doubted because of this. You're doubted because of this. You're doubted because of this. Me too, man. But look at me now. No, you were you were doubted then and kind of rightfully so because you haven't proven it much yet. So maybe yes, maybe in the sense that was he better than a fourth-round pick? Yeah. If we redrafted that draft, he'd probably go in the second, maybe late first. We're talking about a guy, though. We're comparing him to a guy that is expected to go number one overall. I just didn't get the comparison. I thought the commercial was silly. Maybe I'm being too much of a, maybe I'm being too much of a lump on the log. I don't know. I I do like Dak Prescott. I just didn't like the commercial. So sorry. Yes, it's your weekly Game of Thrones recap. Again, I'll say it last week. Now, I may, yes, I do have a little bit more after this. So what I need for those of you that have not watched Game of Thrones or this past Season 8, Episode 2 yet, if you don't want any spoilers, get off or pause. Pause it now. No, no, no. Sorry. Don't pause it now. Shoot. I lost them. They already paused it now. What do I do now? Um, okay. If you're still here, don't pause it yet. I need you to listen to these instructions and then pause it after the instructions. And then scan, like kind of just keep going through. And if I'm still talking about Game of Thrones, pause it quick again. Skip forward until I'm not. Because I will have a Twitter certified after this. And then a little bit more right after Twitter, Twitter certified. So, again, spoilers coming. Now pause it. Are you gone? They probably didn't even hear the instructions. It's, it's ruined. Whatever. Here we go. Got some notes here to talk about. Game of Thrones. First big one that we were all waiting for for a while now, or we all have been waiting for, Danny, Daenerys Stormborn, Khaleesi, she knows now. John told her the news, and boy, did she not look like she reacted well, and boy, have the memes been fantastic because of this. So John tells her, we're going to leave out, well, it's funny that they all kind of ignore the part about, like, the incest, but whatever. John tells her that he is actually Aegon Targaryen, rightful heir to the throne, and she just go like, okay, who, what? She's kind of pissed, but then she's like, well, who told you this? And he says, Sam and Bran, and she's just kind of like, oh, true, 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 true. Your uh, brother, right? And your best friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why do you believe this? Now, of course, we know that it's true, but just put yourself in her shoes. This would look sketchy, especially with some of the men she's been around in her life. Like, this would kind of seem like, okay, is this dude playing me now? Like, did we kind of get to this point, and now he's just trying to make himself the uh, you know, the, the king? Like, is he trying to take over my rule? 
So we have to put ourselves in her shoes. We're all going to get annoyed at Khaleesi. Like, why are you acting like this? Blah, blah, blah. Especially with the whole Sansa thing. The But put yourself in her shoes. It's a little weird coming from your best friend and your brother. But we do know it to be true. We have to remember, we're an audience. We know everything. We're not them. We're not in their shoes. We don't, there's not like, there's not a real, <laughs> there's no like, there's nothing we have to figure out. We see it all. I mean, there's stuff we don't know, of course, but we see everything we're supposed to see so we can see both sides. Put yourself in her shoes. You'd be skeptical, skeptical too. Next note, Sansa and Theon. What? First of all, I don't know how that's going to work out. Theon doesn't have, you know, but uh, I kind of like this little thing because it's, it, I kind of like the little relationship. If it comes to something, it probably won't. And we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, yeah, it'd be kind of nice because Theon just, he's a good redemption story. He's kind of a wuss still, but um, he, he's had a good redemption, especially this season. Kind of, kind of, they slid it by us real quick. But Theon's back, loving the Starks, being a good good guy, gonna being a good little reek. <laughs> and uh, it looked like him and, him and Sansa might have something going on. So I kind of like it, kind of like it. Uh, as all of you probably agree, could have done without the Arya thing. The Arya scene was, uh, you know, now, of course, everyone's like, well, man, she's like 22. The actress is like 22. But it's like, if you if you think about it, though, like to start the show, she was really supposed to be like 10. So then if you go by like the year has been like, what, seven, eight years now, she would only be 18. But still, yeah, but still just weird. It's just weird. We could have went without it, but whatever. Subplot to that. Remember, Robert Baratheon at the beginning of the show, eh, he kind of forced upon Ned Stark and they kind of were trying to join their houses with Sansa and Joffrey. Well, before we knew Joffrey wasn't a Baratheon. Now, Arya is with Robert Baratheon's real son. I mean, he's he's uh, his bastard son, but his real son. And now, what if Arya is pregnant and now their houses are still combined without them knowing because they're both dead? <laughs> Robert and Ned, rest in peace. That'd be wild. The whole plot comes back around. This show is crazy like that. It's gonna, it could happen. Uh, Sir Brienne of Tarth happened. That was awesome. Really cool scene. Really funny. Tormund is quite possibly my favorite character. Something about him. He'll, he'll. My brother and my, you know, my wife and my friends that come watch. They make fun of me because it's like every little thing Tormund does, even if it's just supposed to be like a little like, huh, Tormund, I crack up. Like I I lose it. I think he's the funniest person uh ever created. So yeah, there's that. No, not really, but like he's I just think everything he says is so funny. Then on top of that, what he was saying was actually hilarious. And I I lost it. I couldn't gather myself. Like the whole scene, everyone's just like looking at him. He's drinking out of the horn, and they're just looking at him like, "What the heck's your problem, dude?" And he's just so cool about it. He just thinks it's so cool. Oh, dude, I don't know. He cracks me up. Anyways, Sir Brianna Tart. That whole scene was cool. She, um, little emotional scene. It was nice. It was really cool. Uh, may have been no. So, the, so I'm just reading my notes. I apologize. That sounded really bad. Uh, this may have been the first happy episode, like through the entire episode. Because the last one I remember was the Red Wedding. I'm th- sitting through the whole episode thinking, man, like this is actually a really enjoyable episode. Like everybody's happy. Like this is the first time everyone's just been happy. And literally as I'm thinking that, necks start getting slit. People start getting stabbed. And I was like, well, um, <clears throat> okay. 
So I feel that again with this, except this episode ended happy. Like everyone was still happy besides the fact that they're there, the, the White Walkers are there. They're ready. But like the whole episode was just so happy and joyful and closure and loose ends tied up, which means it's about to go down on Sunday and everybody did. Okay. 50 to 65% of people did like that. I truly believe that like 50 to 65% of people we know and love and have a relationship or like feel like a relationship with dead. And I'm going to go through a couple that I, that I believe will, will die. Gendry dead because I I do think Arya is going to be pregnant and that's going to keep his bloodline going. I don't think they'll kill Arya off at least yet. If they do kill her off, I don't think they will at all, but I don't think they would do it this episode, this next episode. Gendry gone. Arya has his house live on. Grey Worm, my wife pointed it out as soon as he promised Missandei of Narth. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, where do you want to go? Back to the beaches of Narth. You want to go? I promise I'll take you there. Dead. He's gone. That was it. It was his. It's sealed. He will not be alive. Heartbreakingly, I think Tormund is gonna die in ep- in this next episode, episode three. I think he's gone, and I think it's gonna wreck me because I really like him. I think Jamie could go. I think his whole knighting Brienne and joining Brienne and being like, I want to be with, I want to fight under you. He's not the fighter that he used to used to be, and I I think I think Jamie could be gone. Um, and I think that could. Whatever happens here, if they lose to the White Walkers and then they got to get Cersei on their side, I think that could be part of what helps get Cersei. Like, she's like, oh my gosh, he's actually gone. Like, this is serious. Or she can go the other way and, like, just freak out like she usually does. Uh, Brienne could be gone because she kind of got her thing. She got her knighthood. She, she, it's happy moment. She's probably gone. I could see Davos being gone. I could see Jorah being gone. I could see Sam being gone because Sam insists on fighting and he's not the best fighter. We know this. It's not his thing. He's a reader, unfortunately. And I think Ed could be gone. I think the the rest of the Night's Watch are are probably done besides, you know, besides probably John. So I think we could see Ed Ed go bye-bye. But yeah, so I think there's going to be a lot of deaths, a lot of people gone. It's going to be epic. It's almost an hour and a half long only three four days away let's freaking get it i'm so ready sorry if that was loud i'm just i'm really stoked for this episode um so y'all enjoy if you hate this recap or hate my predictions let me hear it at ticket leave it bh on twitter let's get it sunday enjoy all right let's get a segment in Twitter certified. We're going to run through this. I got to get to the theater to watch Avengers, so I'm sorry. Now I got like, I'm good on time, but but I'm just so excited. So I feel like I'm going really fast this episode. I'm talking fast. I'm excited. Here we go. Okay, Twitter certified. Number one, fan bragged that he could run a 4440 uh, and so always late with Katie Nolan. Katie Nolan caught up with him and said, Let, let's see if you can. She she kind of gets these guys, these fans on Twitter saying stuff like this and gets him and like puts him to the test. And uh, he ran a 5-4. <laughs> and he had the most awkward running technique I've ever seen. It was just it was it was hard to watch. But I love when I see stuff like that people are so big-headed thinking like athletes aren't as good as they as they appear to be and then they go do what they do and they're just awful. Like mind you that is worse than Tom Brady. So, okay, 
It's just, oh, embarrassing. Number two, Avengers could, uh, Avengers Endgame could break a billion dollars this weekend as an opening weekend. Holy gosh, that's a lot of money. They've already, their opening weekend in China or their opening night in China was like 107 million overseas in total was like 170 million. Uh, they're projected, I know the projection before for like this coming weekend was like 900, 800, 900 bill, or no, not billion, sorry, 800, 900 million. But now I guess it's up to the, that they could break a billion this opening weekend. That's just absolutely absurd. Um, and so I was thinking, like I was talking with a coworker and I was like, yeah, I mean, just like, it's such a rich and profitable franchise. And then I was thinking like, oh my gosh, Disney owns them. So one of the most profitable or corporations or whatever you want to call Disney in history owns this little sub corporation or this sub production, you know, Marvel studios. And <laughs> just, they're making all this money off of each. I mean, obviously this is going to break records, but incredible what Disney has built. Incredible what Marvel has built. I was, I'm not ready for tonight, but I am ready in all the best, worst ways. Man, I can't wait. Uh, Drake Curse. This is number three. The Drake Curse on the Maple Leafs. They lose it to the Bruins in playoff hockey. Drake Curse lives on. It apparently didn't live on for the Raptors because it's not good enough to to overcome. The, the Drake Curse wasn't as isn't as bad as the Dwight Howard Curse. So the Magic are out. The Drake Curse didn't hurt the Raptors. It will hurt the Raptors in the next round more than likely against the Sixers. But for now, the Maple Leafs are boom kaputs from the playoff from hockey playoffs and uh the Bruins move on so that uh that Boston sweep still alive and well and what that is is obviously you have uh the Red Sox winning the World Series this past season you have the Patriots winning the Super Bowl Bruins are still alive and the Celtics are still alive it, it oh to be a Boston fan oh to be born and raised in Massachusetts or somewhere in the New England area like uh, the rest of us I don't care who you are even like like great championship towns like Pittsburgh and and uh, Dallas and I mean the rest of us are just like gosh it must be nice to be a Boston fan so frustrating all right number four um, another Avengers one trending on Twitter is the Avengers bathroom guide now I apologize I didn't actually read this guide because it said there were spoil like mild spoilers in it so I wasn't about that but uh, here's my Avengers bathroom guide. Uh, hold it. You can do it. Okay. No, for real. Like scientifically, you can do it. If you just go before, even if you go in there and you drink a 42 ounce drink and eat some popcorn, whatever, go before your bladder can handle it. I, I learned this in school one time. I don't know what it is, but it's something like our bladder can hold. It can hold a lot. But it alerts you that you have to pee every so like every so many ounces. So I don't remember the exact number, but let's say it's 20 ounces. Every time your bladder collects 20 ounces of urine, it alerts you like it's like oh you have to pee. And if you hold it, you've done it on car trips, you've done it at work, you've done it blah blah. blah. If you hold it, it that sensation, that urge will go away or at least be stifled for a while. And then once it's collected another 20 ounces of urine, it will alert you again. It'll be worse, but it will alert you again. And so on and so forth. Our bladders can hold a lot more than you think. Just hold it. Don't miss anything, in the, especially in this movie, which I'm seeing critics call 
cinematic perfection, not just for Marvel, but for any movie. Don't go during this movie. Three hours is a long time, but you can do it. Go before. Don't drink a ton of liquid. I'm not saying go drink a 42-ounce drink. Go before. Drink moderately while you're watching the movie, drink your soda, whatever, and just hold it if you feel the urge. That's it. Because we can't pause it. We ain't pausing it for you. We can't do it. Sorry. Number five. Hoodie Mellow is gone. So, you know, that off-season Hoodie Mellow, he's in the gym working out, getting shots up with the hoodie on, looking dope. He gone. He's gone, and he's a new man. He is now Beanie Mellow. Video released of him putting shots up in the gym wearing a dope beanie with that little poof on top. I, I don't know which one I like better yet. We might have to do a poll, but Beanie Mellow is here, and it looks like he's here for a while. He, he looking fresh. He putting shots up. Watch out. Mellow ain't done yet, bro. Watch out. Actually, I really do think he's he's just out of I mean, he's out of his prime. He just didn't take care of his body like LeBron did, but that's beside the point. Melo ain't done. He's coming back. And last but not least, number six. This one breaks my heart. Netflix is fighting to keep, drumroll please, The Office. NBC Universal is preparing to launch their own streaming platform for the love of goodness of another company launches their own freaking streaming platform like Disney's doing and we're going to lose the Marvel movies we're going to lose the Disney movies like that was the point like streaming on Netflix and Hulu was supposed to end cable but now it's ending everything because we're going to have to have 50 freaking three different streaming platforms that we're paying monthly fees for we can't do it I'm going to go back to jailbreaking my fire stick or whatever whatever like stop just give us give us one thing we can watch it all on you guys get your money and whatever anyways NBC Universal is preparing to launch their own streaming platform in 2020. They are discussing removing The Office from Netflix in 2021 after the contract is fulfilled. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what my wife and I are going to do for fun because when we just don't know what to do, we're just like The Office. We just watch The Office on repeat over and over and over and over and over. And I laugh just as hard when I see every episode as I did the first time, which was I don't know, three, four, no, not three, four. We've watched the series through maybe four or five times. So, and I don't laugh any lighter at anything. Like, it's just so funny to me. I know it's the hot thing right now and it kind of seems like whatever, like everybody likes The Office. It's, it's, it's comedy perfection. And, oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do without it. So if they get rid of it on Netflix, I might have to get the whole NBC thing, but that's it. Like, I'm sick of these. But stop. Just make one. We just want one, and we want to watch our shows. Oh, rest in peace, Cable. That's all I got for Twitter certified. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Why did I say that? That's so weird. That's all I got for Twitter certified. Tweet, tweet. Oh, I never did the tweet, tweet at the beginning. Tweet, 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 tweet. <laughs> Twitter certified. All right, that's pretty much all I got for the show. I'm going to talk a little, a little bit about one more little topic, but but I don't, no other segments or anything. I'm going to talk about this topic. We'll close out. Uh, Fortnite has dropped today its second collab with Avengers. It's the Avengers LTM, and it looks so sick. I haven't played it yet, but I really want to. I I'm trying to see if I have time now before I need to go to the theater. I don't think I do. I might have 20 minutes, but it looks dope. You get to collect all. You get to collect the shield. Um, Iron Man's, I don't know if you call them gloves, hands, whatever. Sure. Um, Thor's axe, which I can't for the love of goodness remember the name. Peacekeeper? 
Nope, that's a gun in Apex Legends. I don't remember his his hand his. It's not Milnor. That's the hammer's name. It, I can't remember the name of the the axe. But you get the axe. Uh, you get a bow from from Hawkeye. It looks so sick. Can't wait to play it. Um, they also released a Black Widow skin. Assu- I'm assuming they're going to release more skins in the future, more Avenger skins. Can't wait for that. Um, don't spend too much money on it. But if you're on a budget like me and my wife, use your fun money on it. Um, but yeah, so can't wait to play that. Avengers tonight, that's what I'm about to go do. Can't wait. You all be safe. Go watch it. Do not spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it. Please don't. Just wait a week to two and almost everybody will have seen it and then you can talk about it freely. Hold it in for that long. You can do it. If you can't hold it in, just go watch it again because then it'll it'll distract you. So if you get out of it tonight and you're like, oh, wow, I really got to tell somebody about this, don't. Just go buy another ticket for how whenever the next showing is that is available. Go watch it. I know there'll be another showing available, maybe, because the show times are absurd. It's like, I know tonight, starting from our time, it's 9, 9.30, 10.15, 10.45, 11.00, 11.30, 12, 12.30, 1, 1.30, 2, 2.30, 3.30, 4, 4.30. I'm, I'm losing track, but you get it. It's literally the last showing tonight. is 5.30 a.m. tomorrow. Absurd. I mean, the other other movies in the theater have like one or two showtimes each. It's it's wild how many theaters they're taking up and how many showtimes they have, but it's so cool. Um, can't wait to be a part of it. Can't wait for you guys to see it. I can't wait to see it. Enjoy it. Be safe tonight. If you're going late, drive home safe. Drive out safe. Um, just enjoy it to the fullest, grasp this, especially those of you that are my age, that are like 25, mid twenties, maybe even early thirties, early twenties, even so, even early twenties, because this is, so the first one came out when I was 14. This is our young adulthood. This is our like teenage years. This is our, our early twenties, our mid twenties. This is what we did, we, this is what we've been doing every year, once or twice, maybe three times a year when they release movies. This is what we've been doing. We've been going to see this the the midnight premieres for years before they stopped being midnight premieres. I went to every one, and now I've seen every one on opening day after tonight. Grasp this movie. Enjoy it. Let it fill every emotion, happiness, joy, sadness, whatever it is. If you feel like crying, let it out. Because this is the culmination of a lot. And I know it's silly. It's just a movie. It's just a series. But we've invested a lot of a lot in this in these. Even though we haven't even had anything to do with creating them. We have invested a lot of time. A lot of money in these films. Go enjoy it to the fullest. And I hope it's as good as we've been reading about. Take care. Please get back to us at Take It. Leave it BH on Twitter or, or Instagram. Um, I love to hear from you guys. We'll talk about any topics, any questions, um, whatever you got for me. Comments, concerns, hate, love. I always love you. Peace.